0: In this episode of the Parallel Physiques Podcast, Kenneth and I have a great conversation with Ryan Fiorita and John Ballard of JB Coaching Concepts, and we talk all things bodybuilding, mindset, and kind of how to get yourself in the space you want to be, whether you're a coach or a client, and kind of how we work things. It's a great conversation. Welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Parallel Physiques podcast. We are super excited today. Kenneth and I have two. Now, if you can see these gentlemen, they are large gentlemen, not just large in terms of their physique, but they have a lot going on. We have um, Ryan Fiorita and we have John Ballard with us today and I believe they work together. That's my Yes. So, um, we're gonna get this going. We're gonna learn some things about the gentlemen, about what they're doing and how things are going. And we're gonna ask lots of questions. We're gonna find out a little bit more in depth about what they do with their competitors. So welcome to the show, gentlemen. How are you all today?
1: Wonderful. I'm great. Uh you're you're way too uh nice because uh, <laughs> you know, with the sport and the mental struggle that I will say that comes with the body dysmorphia of bodybuilding, I went to the local gym today with nationals and i'm looking at all of my colleagues and, and i'm like this is never gonna happen i've been at this
0: with- <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, 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 still here.
2: well first of all i'm gonna i'm gonna redirect your thoughts because i think you're not fair enough for yourself
0: and by the way everyone, want- you know they're they're both eating bagels so they're they're building they're fueling for
2: <laughs> we as we speak I've watched you. Um, I watched you compete back in 2020 at Universe, and you were men's physique, and you have since changed. You've gone pro and went to classic, and you are a big boy. I will give you that. And you got to keep in mind you're classic. So if you're hanging around open bodybuilders, that's a little different subject, but you're not a small man. What size is that shirt? 3XL? <laughs> this is a 2X. Um, All right. Well, you yeah. fill it out nicely, sir. <laughs> so, so i think you know, uh but, so, body, so body so body dysmorph- dysmorphia is real but dude i've seen you in person you big boy no doubt i appreciate it i appreciate it yeah so, and
1: every you know what i'll take it and from what you said everyone there um you know martin fitzwater brady king um elias mccall who just won his pro card at um north americans you guys i'm sure you all saw him and heavyweight yeah. uh so yeah they're all bodybuilders and and things that i never aspired to ever be that big so it doesn't definitely never helps right when you're training partner you're looking at him, you're like you got 40 pounds on
2: (laughs) (laughs) well you know that that's a good that brings up a a question for me who are you working with now who's your coach
1: um so right now I work with Callum Rastrick um in the UK he's
2: uh
1: kind of a I, I would say Come to the forefront, him and a couple others uh, in the UK with the whole bodybuilding scene moving forward. And um, he's very much operates very like how I like to operate with my athletes, which is monitoring everything. So my whole off season down to every single calorie that's being consumed to my steps, to my training is all being watched by him, and that is very much how I monitor my athletes. I think it's great for some people, and for me, as me and Ryan were talking about today, for a lot of people, it can be too overwhelming. And um, and and so we're kind of me and Ryan are talking about how can we find that middle ground for some of his people. But uh, yeah, I work with Calum Rastrick, been with him for oh, probably about eight, nine months, and um, love it, yeah. Haven't gone yeah. through a diet prep. So we'll, we'll see how that goes.
2: I'm really interested in that. I'll have to be picking your brain along the way. Yeah. You might for stop sure.
3: loving
1: him. As you go through a prep with him? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and honestly, with the amount I'm right now, I, I'm not loving him. It's like, it's, it's working <laughs> for sure. Cause I'm growing faster than I've ever grown in my life. But you know, every, for me, dieting is easier. Like, you know, but and, but there's always the gr- the grass is always greener on the other side, right? To everything, so everyone sees how much I eat when I'm dieting down because I I miss a meal and I drop five pounds, but th- what they don't yeah. see is the amount of meals that need to be consumed to gain those five pounds.
2: Right, and that's yeah. you know that's the catch twenty two, for you know like Ryan, I have to grind him down really hard and then that
0: That's really yeah, hard.
2: but it's also like there's a There's just a lot of, like, there's a lot of activity that needs to happen with Ryan to get him lean, and it's gotten easier and easier as he's gone through the phases over the years, and that's typically what happens, and you've been at this, you know, sort of on this level a little bit longer than Ryan has been, so um, with that being said, what's the name of your coaching team? I know you guys are working together. Kind of give me a little bit of, like, your comeuppance, John, like... You know, kind of when you turned pro, when you decided to be a coach and then how you met Ryan and you guys are now working together, I guess, officially in the last month. And um, kind of what's the what's the forecast for uh, for you guys?
1: Yeah, so um, I can ramble. So if I get
2: going, ramble. On- nah, man, you keep on going. I I, I ramble too. You. Yeah. I was you gonna know
0: say you
2: Kenneth know, is get, get right get, there get, with you. It's all shut up.
1: I'll catch you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I did my first competition 2017. So I've been at this for a bit. Um, I instantly realized, you know what? That I love this because my first coach, I'm not going to badmouth them, but I'll tell you, I went zero carb and was doing two hours of cardio on the Stairmaster with the second hour post-workout being hit for an hour on the stairs. I know exactly uh, who that is too. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> man, um, but loved it. I got a class win in my first show. Four weeks later, I got third, um, to a guy who had just come back from Placing a top five at Universe actually, and I loved it. And I was like, you know what? I'm small. I need to set out. I didn't compete again until 2019. Um, fast forward, uh, I went pro in 2022. I'm sure we'll kind of touch on some of the things that have happened in between. But uh, it took me about five national shows. And I will say that because I know we're going to jump into mindset, there was definitely periods in that journey where I struggled, and I was even thinking about taking a step back from the sport at periods um you know and I had to have some mental fortitude a lot of that did happen I will say as a kid growing up I played uh um competitive ice hockey all the way up to division two and I had a scholarship in New Hampshire if you can't see because you guys are not watching I am Asian so (laughs) I got quite a few of uh the racial jokes growing up and I I feel like I can imagine yeah, almost all Asian kids do. So you develop either tough skin or you turn into um kind of just like the go with the flow person who's just like, I'm not gonna fight back. And so that built some tough skin pretty early on. And now I'm that person where I tell people if I'm not making fun of you or giving you a hard time, then I don't like you. Because the person that I'm not giving a hard time to, that probably means I don't want to interact with you. So mm-hmm. that's how my relationship is with most people. Um yeah, I went pro in 2022, won the <laughs> Open All Universe, did my pro debut three weeks later at Chicago, and quickly realized that to fill the gaps in my physique, it was not going to be very quick, and I knew that there was talks of a weight cap coming in play. And that weight cap, which just coincidentally came out this year- it's 10 pounds under what it would be at the pro level for classic physique. If I do not get any taller, taller, which I'm hoping the inversion table will work, <laughs> um, I need about a fourth of an inch. Um, it doesn't happen. I cut off at the pro league for classic will be 207. I was 96.4 <coughs> in Chicago. Um, so to be competitive, some things were going to have to happen and make improvements, and I was probably going to have to stop training legs. Uh, and, and I just, ref- I'm going to be careful with how I word this. Cause I don't want to offend anyone, but I refuse to be uh, a flamingo. I don't want to have tiny legs and a big upper body. Um, I, to me, I've always loved, you know, I'm like probably most of you. I got into the gym watching the Ronnie Coleman videos and the Jake Cutler and the people screaming. And I just never wanted to be that big. And then Mint's physique came around and I was like, that is obtainable. And that was like 2012, I believe.
0: since then the division is 2013 yeah
1: Yeah. Uh, since then it's obviously gotten out of control and that's why i think they put the weight cap because some of the guys were definitely
2: too big i mean do you remember do you recall what it looked like back in 2013 i mean wasn't mark anthony the guy won the olympia at the time and like man they looked like guys that just stepped off the beach in like 1990. it wasn't it wasn't what it is now yeah Yeah. i mean even from a shape perspective like their waists were wider just because their shoulder ratio was smaller it was it was it's a strange thing to kind of dial back in my head i remember my first coach was a men's physique competitor and he wasn't he was pro if i pull if i pulled up his pictures right now both of you guys would laugh. It looks like you could not even win an NPC show. So um, <clears throat> it's just a very, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Bad. Well, it's that, and I, and I think, you know, you've got the old standards. It's like bikini's always been around, figure's always been around, body bodybuilding's always been around. So then you fill in these gaps with classic and with wellness and, and men's physique. And it's just like every division has either gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and freaker and freaker and freakier and freakier. so like women now and in, in wellness i don't even i mean like that it's just it's like They're minotaurs just- there it's it's unbelievable like they need to dial it back so <clears throat> um yeah i mean i i think going back to your comment about legs i mean i don't even think that, that i don't even think that's an offensive thing it's like bodybuilding is bu- building all of your body that, that's what I think of in my mind, whether you're a men's physique competitor or not, you may or may not be genetically gifted in that way. And, but I, I don't know anybody that's, well, I'll take that back. I have one men's physique guy that is getting ready to be, we're going to go to the national level here in, in the next year. And he, he tells me all the time, he's like, I'm not going to train legs coach. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And so there, there is a little tiny shred of people that don't want to do it, but Getting into bodybuilding, I don't know why you would ever want to be disproportioned. And that's why when this motherfucker showed up in my life, he um he sent me some check in photos for the very first time. And I was like, Bro, you're not gonna be men's physique. You're gonna be classic physique. Ryan's legs were you know, were, were genetic he was genetically gifted right off the bat. So I think
3: well, I, I always yeah, myself, myself out. The box, like <laughs> I think everyone in the beginning, when you first start competing, you kind of put yourself into a box of what you expect to like want to look like down the road. You know, you see people that are like, oh, I could probably look like that. You know, I mean, I could probably see myself getting to that level. And I think I really needed more with men's physique when I first started, just because it was like, like John said, it was more attainable look. Like I didn't want to be huge. I I always like, I attributed the same thing bodybuilding with like being really, really big. And I was never really looking for that. Until you kind yeah. of get to the point where I'm at now, and now I'm like, I just want to get huge. Like it's it's almost like, you're, <laughs> like you almost flipped the script of you like now, you're not, right. now you're never big big enough. Like you're talking with the body dysmorphia, like you just you really feel like you're never bigger big enough now, honestly. So
2: mm-hmm. So you guys, um at what point did you start your business, John?
1: Oh uh COVID. So I yeah, have been a personal training. Yeah, I've been the personal training director at LA Fitness for about five years. Um, one of the biggest LA Fitness on the East Coast and um, they moved me from four different clubs. Clubs, I kept getting promoted to a bigger club to rebuild the personal training program and then finally opened a signature LA Fitness, which is like where they have expen- uh, more expensive uh, memberships. They have a sauna and all this stuff inside of their amenities. And then COVID happened. And like most of us, we were kind of like, what do I do now?
0: <laughs> yeah. And, um, right.
1: So at that yeah. point, uh, you know, then it kind of turned into like most who, when we started coaching, I was like, I just want to make some money and, you know, be able to kind of stay at home and create my own schedule. That would sound awesome. Right. Like, and the, yeah. I, I'm just being completely honest. Like I, I had no intentions of being where I'm at now. Of, of like working with pro athletes and stuff like that, I was just like, I create one schedule. I'll wake up, look at people, give them their diet back, and then I'll have the rest of the day. Like this is awesome.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is it that then, easy though, John?
1: Oh man, I wish it was that easy. I you <laughs> know, I have work to do after we get off this call because I didn't get until Dallas till like 9 p.m. last night. Um, but yeah, and I was a uh, very fortunate. Because my coaching took off and accelerated really quick. I got some genetically gifted people, one of them being the individual I'm here with at Nationals who just transform. Everyone saw her transformation, which then made my wife give me an opportunity to coach her, who was already a national level competitor, had already gotten a first call out and just was not happy with her current coach. And being the annoying person that I am, every time she would get feedback from her coach, I was kind of like the little birdie in her ear, like, this is wrong. Everything he's saying is wrong. We should not be doing this. And um, finally, she gave me the opportunity and um, I ran with it. And the second female I ever put on stage went pro. And since then, now I have like, if you would have asked me in 2022, if I would have the like my first pro athletes that I'd be working with were bikini athletes, I would have laughed in your face because I yeah. never followed the division like that. Um, and now I haven't I- either.
2: Yeah. It's, it's one of those divisions where, you know, Jason and I were at the Olympia we're sitting there looking at prejudging and you know, everybody can pretty much eye down what, well, what they're looking for in wellness. Everybody can pretty much eye down what they're looking for in classic I mean, you know, the standards are really, really easy. Then you go to bikini and it's like, okay, the standard last year, granted Tyler came out with a video that gave all the standards for all the divisions It's very clear cut. He's very, he's very descriptive with what he's looking for. So now the standards are set post this Olympia. But when you look at the bikini girls, you it's almost like a different coach's eye and you have to, really train that eye to understand what they're looking for because you know it's kind of like if you're on a beach and you're walking around and you see pretty girls you just see pretty girls and and they all they're all pretty for for their own reasons and one of them might have really cool hair or one of them might have a nice ass or whatever the case is and that's kind of the way the division goes i mean i i looked at ashley you know at the top five this year and i thought wow she looks phenomenal but her hair was messed up and i think she probably got knocked for that um so yeah it's an interesting muscle to flex and the fact that you the first two people you turned pro or bikini girls that was it dumb luck or were you just like that's that's you just understood it
1: oh man um
2: and it's okay if it's dumb luck because sometimes no, I'm, no, like, I'm man. trying
1: to think like as I've gotten more and more because as soon as I turned my wife pro, um, I got an influx as you can imagine of bikini. Sure. Athletes you know
2: she's a she's a beautiful girl too so that helps
1: yeah and so uh, I got a lot of inquiries and then from there obviously you kind of refine that just like anything the more and more that you do and put on stage and now I would say my eye is getting closer and closer to wear. Um, but bikini is probably the only division where you'll step on stage and your placing could be a little bit dictated based off of and, and I guess all divisions are dictated off who shows up but what the criteria is that day can be dictated yes. who shows up and you could be a little too hard or a little too soft just because everyone else in the lineup is peeled and you're on the softer side even though technically you fit the criteria to what they're saying and what Tyler said in that video um or flip don't off.
2: do you think there's a dissemination coming down from the top you know, you know, Tyler's the the word. And then mm-hmm. it's coming down. You have head judges all across the country. And I've traveled all over the different shows. I usually go to nationals every year. Um yeah. and so depending on who the head judge is, is dictating who's going pro and what that look looks like. And then even on the local level, <clears throat> the competition here in the MPC in North Carolina and South Carolina is really pitiful, just to be honest. Yeah, there's a there's a lack of talent on the coach side. There's a lack of talent on the on the client side. People just don't want to work hard. So what wins here in North Carolina and what might disseminate down to a national level show, they're going to get blown out of the water because they're completely they don't understand. But that head judge still made a decision that was against. What Tyler said, do you see that across the board with your competitors, too, or are you, are you seeing it getting more evenly spread out now that the standard's been put out?
1: Um, you know, <sighs> across the board, I would say not just bikini, but every division, because, you no,
2: know, yeah, every division. I'm saying, like, I think there's a dissemination of yeah. what the standard is, and then you have head judges that are like, okay, like Big Steve, like yeah. he wants... He wants big boys Yeah, 100%. like you can't you can't be small. If you're a classic guy, you're not going to win his show. You're not going to do it.
1: To see, honestly, um, right. and you know what? That, that comes back to just, you know what? Humans are human and you're going to like what you like and what you resonate.
2: Yes. With. Mm-hmm.
1: For me, I resonate with and like, don't get me wrong. If I could walk around like anyone, I say it all the time. Corey Morris, like. Even if I didn't
2: yeah, like He's got, yeah, he got
1: the the waist of my wife, <laughs> like got the shoulders of a, a classic competitor. And he looks like a superhero. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't look anything like me. But if I could look like that, if I could pick anyone to look like, and is you know, you like I step on, walk onto the beach, take my shirt off, and it's just like what just happened? You, you put on, <laughs> right? And, uh, right yeah. so of course, I'm going to pick who I like. And that's, <clears throat> that's the biggest thing that I see at the local level. And it really, really came very apparent to me when I started putting pros on stage, actually this year, that every head judge has what they resonate with the most. There right. is the criteria 100%. And I think it's very unfair that if you're going to ask an athlete, they need to chase Sandy or Becky or Tyler because they're going to judge unbiasedly as closely as possible. Even you, as you just said, Tyler or not Tyler, uh, Steve 100, like loves bigger individuals. And I think that's because Steve came up judging bodybuilding. There wasn't men's physique. So, mm-hmm. of course, he's going to resonate with like, the dude who's got, you know, 50 inch clavicles and a 26 inch waist, even though that may not be men's physique, it's like, it's just amazing to look at. But it's sure. not there. Right. Yeah, um, sure. yeah. yeah I, I definitely see that. I
3: think that was okay. happening for men's physique too. I think it just kept, that's why it kept getting so big is that that was like the, you know what I mean? It was just whoever was the biggest kind of thing. And I think they sense the criteria, I, this year I've noticed that the criteria definitely changed, obviously with Ryan Terry winning. Um, and I think it's for the better for men's physique for anyone, anyone that's competing in men's physique, because there's a look that you kind of understand. All right. Like if this is the standard going forward now, like you kind of get what it should be. And I felt like Ryan Terry kind of was like the poster boy of what men's physique should have been from the start almost because um, he's, he's been in it for so long. <clears throat> like near that top five area uh, opposed to last year. And that's why I think they kind of pulled back a little bit and they, they brought that weight cap in too, it was just for that. So they could be like, okay, if we have to taper everyone back and, and pull back on the on the size of these guys, like this is the look that we really want. So I think it's good yeah. for the future, but um, I think it was getting kind of out of control for a little while.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you opened your business during COVID. Uh, you got a couple pros under your belt, went gangbusters. And now you've added two coaches. You've added one that's sort of lifestyle uh, coach, and then now you've added Ryan as a, a secondary prep coach. I'm imagining you're not doing much lifestyle. Is that right?
1: Well, um, and the primary reason, like I, <clears throat> I got about Ryan, so I can't say anything negatively about it. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful for everyone. Well, it's a care.
2: preference, right?
1: It's a preference, and it's more just of what I ask out of the individuals. Um, sure. And, Ryan and I, we operate off the same sheets and stuff. And, and that's what we had the call of, or he had a call about with one of his clients today is if I were to send you my spreadsheets, some people were like, you're crazy. I'm not filling all this out. Like this is way too much. And you know, I'm probably just like you, I'm collecting everything from like, how many times are you going poop in a day? Right. Cause I, want I, that we know that that matters. Some people are like, I don't want to tell you that. I'm like, you know, um, and yeah. So it's it's a a lot to ask from a lifestyle client. Now, don't get me wrong, I still have some that I've stuck on from when I started coaching who they love it. They they execute better than some of my prep clients. Um, but it's very few and far between and as they actually come in, um, majority of people do go to Anthony that our lifestyle. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we have people that, you know, um, as Ryan's diving deeper and deeper into functional health and prep and things like that, um, they're kind of filtering his way as well.
2: So here's, here's a little question. If you're tracking everything and I don't, I don't know, I have my, I have this really different way. I think it's like a, it's like a blend between um, probably your spreadsheets and then just up here, Yeah. like, I'll, like, instead of, instead of in, uh, in prep, having somebody like detail out a spreadsheet throughout every single day or whatever, I'm literally texting with them, talking to them every day for eight, for eight weeks, essentially. And what I'm doing is I'm checking the boxes. And the variables that I want to control and how I want to manage not only their, you know, all the caloric intake or the the energy expenditure or whatever, whatever variable you want to pick, but it's also just a mental check of like, okay, is Ryan in the game today? Is, does he need extra support from a standpoint of like, Hey, this is, this is a long prep. Like it's, it's six months and we're grinding. And like it, This is when we get on stage, there's going to be a certain level of, um, there's a level of product that's put on stage that is exceptional and, and I'm trying to manage that detail along the way. So I'm, I probably micromanage too, but it's a little bit different. It's more of like touches with the client instead of like a detailed spreadsheet. Um, do you find that your more neurotic clients, which are most of our competitors, um, can they, they can manage it or does it, does it get in the way of like, like I have examples where if I have somebody track their blood sugar, right. Mm -hmm. Just in the morning, every single morning, And there's all kinds of different reasons why we do that. But one particular reason is the rise and fall of cortisol. And we're going to see what that looks like in the morning. And that's going to dictate whether they're insulin sensitive or not. And sometimes people will get so worked up about the fact that they have to prick their finger, that that it raises their cortisol before they check their blood. And so then it becomes this stressful anxiety filled event that then now is taking away from the variable that we're trying to control, but it's also making that it's making them that much more neurotic. I have another client right now that are, they're like, okay, um, I can't prick my finger, but I'll wear a constant blood glucose, blood glucose monitor. And it's like, Whoa, I, the last thing I need is for you to be checking your phone. Well, it's at one twenty-two post, you know, post here. And it's like, okay, we don't need to know all of this information. Do you have people that are falling off sort of the proverbial like wagon of mental health because you're tracking too much? Or is that something that's kind of unique and you're managing that well?
1: Um, so when I jump on a call with most individuals that inquire, I make them very aware of how I operate, why I operate the way I do um, to to kind of get to the, what you're saying there is like the last thing I want, and I'm sure any of us want is a client to sign on thinking that everything's great. And then three weeks in, you realize that you don't mesh well is
2: a good client
1: relationship so sure. um, i do get that 100 sometimes um to say no would be a complete lie um, uh, more times though it's happening as individuals make it more busy and they're like hey yeah. i just really don't have the time to prick my finger every single morning and check my blood sugar um just like me and ryan were talking about we, he has a, a, a you know a single mom who has a lot on her plate right now and to manage try and micromanage every single variable for yeah. him and her it's just too much. We're asking too much of her. And so that's the biggest thing to me. And so I'm lucky with, uh, I, I train out of MI 40. I see Derek Lunsford daily. I got to talk to Derek earlier on before he started prep. And I I got to ask him, you know, what's the the biggest thing that honey, uh, honey Rambod does that makes him such a great, effective coach. And he was like, honestly, it's nothing. It's not like the carb load or anything like that. It's the availability to pull the best out of every single athlete that he works with and I was like what do you mean and he was like well so for instance he asked me hey how, how are you doing he was like I'm good you know I'm finally starting to like Derek replies I'm good I'm starting to get settled back into uh you know my group and everything like that um and he was like wasn't uh your wife's birthday like two weeks ago what'd you guys do and he was like Um, you know what we were traveling for Pittsburgh pro. So I didn't get to, you know, do anything, but she was okay with it. And he was like, no, 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 no. What are you talking about? That's, that's not okay. And he was like, no, she told me it's fine. He's like, listen, that's not okay. Go take your wife for a cruise. I want you to take three days out of the gym, go on a cruise, go away with her. he was like, everything is going to fly. And we all know this. Everything's going to mesh better. If you have that individual who's along for the ride versus you're dragging them along. Right. Um, and, and so that was the, 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 probably the biggest takeaway for me, because I'm a very much drill sergeant type coach prior, whereas like, this is what's being asked of you. You're going to do it. or You're not going to do it. Or this is, well, that's the
2: way you were raised. Exactly. Right. Like, so that that's, that's from what I understand, at least the the coaches that I know that you've worked with, that's sort of their marching orders. That's the way they, that's the way they brought you up. So like, as you're saying that, you know, about honey and I'm not putting myself in the, in the same position at all, the greatest of all time, but, um, that's how I coach. I mean, like Ryan's probably listen, listened to that story he's like, <laughs> sounds like something <laughs> Kenneth would say to me, because I think about, I think that's bringing out the best in the person that you coach is your responsibility. It's, it's the macros the, the training, the cardio, the drug protocols, whatever we're doing, there's that that's not being reinvented. That wheel's not being reinvented. There's nuances here or there. There's things that may work better for another person. Like I, I saw a clip of you talking about fat loading during a, a, a prep situation. I agree with you. There are certain times where you add in fat for people and there are certain times you don't. And so that comes all with experience. But what doesn't change ever is people's mental health. Like, and usually the the people that we work with have problems with that. They have problems being able to have somewhat balanced lives and nurturing relationships and because the people in the bodybuilding space and even in the functional space with Laura here, we've got people that are, they've come to us for a reason, they're broken in some sort of way and the bodybuilder may not be broken in the proverbial way that the functional client is but that bodybuilder has got an extreme to him right so when you push it to that extreme whether you're derek lunsford or not he's nothing without his wife i guarantee that and so no matter all the genetics in the world if you don't have the right support system if you don't have the right people in your corner to to direct your mindset and i think ryan can speak to this too sort of in our prep how many times did we circle the wagon and say okay buddy this is what i see this is who i know you to be this is what my expectation of you is these are the expectations and then from the expectations are you going to rise to that challenge i think you can i think you're half stepping here and then it's also like okay let's pump the brakes here You and Bella good, good. If you're good, then let's keep going. So there's, I think that's a huge thing to think about for sure. Let's
0: call it like,
1: let's call it how it is, right? Like all of us are coaches here. We're lucky to be able to be coaches. We're lucky to do this for a living and be able to help individuals. um, As you already touched on, right? Like anyone who understands just, just an inkling of nutrition, you could probably, most people, Maybe not quite the people that have some functional stuff going on. Most people, you could help them lose weight. Hey, it's, it's it comes down to being almost, almost, not quite. There is carb cycling and the functional health as we touched on, but yeah. almost yeah. As, as simple as sicko, right? Calories in versus calories out. Stop True. eating McDonald's every day. You will lose weight, right? It comes <laughs> so at the end of the day, and this is where it really had to come into, and this is why I stopped working with lifestyle, right? Is like even... For Laura, if you're putting someone on a functional case for 90 days, right, and you're like, hey, you can't work out for the next 90 days, you need that individual to buy in. And that's going right. to come from you on your end telling this individual, not drill sergeant telling them, I told you stay out of the gym, stay out of the effing gym. It's coming as, listen, I know you're struggling. I've been there. It sucks. I know you want to train. I know you told me this was your stress relief you got to do this i promise you and if you get that individual to buy in you know what's going to happen on the other end right because we've all of done things and then we've all done things right there's a big difference between that individual who's i'm doing this or it's the person who's like i'm doing it right it's sure.
0: it's
1: like, it's like you, you all of us have heard the saying of like you would write the first time so you don't have to do it again right like i, I could go and wash the dishes or I can come back three hours later when my wife goes and looks at them and is like, the fork's not even clean. You just wash it, you know, rinse it off. Um, yeah. so yeah. And then I think that's what we kind of wanted to dive in today was like that mentality and, uh, of everything. And so,
2: yeah, I think. That- I also think like, for me, it's like, it brings up a point of <clears throat> there, there's, there's things that happen that are nuances based on the various clients. Like Ryan's a completely different individual than Paul and Fallen's a completely different individual than Eddie. Eddie's a completely different individual than Robbie. the The, the mold was broken with Robbie. Like, there's nobody like Robbie. Um, so there's all these different types of competitors that we work with. But I see some similar mistakes happening in certain stages. So let's go. You know, for you, Ryan. Yeah. You know, in the beginning. You know maybe touch on some of the mistakes that you made in the beginning. And you can even call me out if there were mistakes that we've made together. No. And then after sure you've after after you've gone there, maybe John, you can key in and say, all right, as a beginning competitor, I made these mistakes. And then if it's something that's the same, then maybe we can drill down to, well, why are, why are we collectively as a group making these mistakes? Yeah. That makes sense.
3: Yeah. I think looking back um, definitely, I mean, this last prep is what's kind of changed my mentality in terms of as a coach and as a competitor um, especially you kind of digging more into like my life, I guess I'd say um, versus more of just me as an athlete. I think you've done that pretty good for the majority of the time we've worked together i think that's why i've always wanted to stick with you regardless of what placing we had or any type of thing like that is because you definitely know me more as a human being not necessarily just as a coach or as you know i mean as, a, as an athlete yeah i think that's where my mindset kind of has changed a lot too because in the beginning of my prep i don't <clears> think <throat> any mistakes any in my preps i don't think there's been any mistake that you've ever made i think it's always been a mistake on my end and that's just <laughs> you looking back and like well, that's
2: generous thank you
3: No, but it's it's just reality because I can look back and see and be like, yeah, like there's definitely times where I could have been like more adherent. Um, There's times where I've blamed my relationship for the problems I was having. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. When in reality, like I needed to just look at myself and be like, all right, well, the real issue is just me. You know what I mean? I'm maybe too deep right now, and I need to know when to pull back and be like, okay, like I need to take some time to like work on my relationship or something like that. So it's not going to affect my prep down the road and I'm not going to have those high cortisol spikes and high stresses and my weight's going to be all out of whack. And then it's going to affect my mentality even more, my mindset even more. Cause I'm looking at the scale every day. My weight's maybe not changing as much. You know what I mean? And it just, it's like, you almost rabbit hole yourself into this um, like vicious cycle of just horrible mindset um, one after another. And I think the switch in that this past prep is really kind of, like I said, it made me a better um, working with my clients now um, and realizing, like, you have to be a little bit more touchy with people. We're all humans at the end of the day. We all obviously have – everyone makes mistakes. Everyone does things, you know what I mean, wrong sometimes. And you just have to be able to work with people. I mean, that's literally what the name of the game is, is what coaching is. You're working with people every single day. So, it's – it's everyone's going to be different. Um, everyone's going to so have – be in different spots in their life. So,
2: <clears throat> to, to boil to boil down what I think you're saying, I'm, I'm hearing you say – one of the biggest mistakes you you would make is you would spiral. Yeah, you I would. would let you would make it, You would make a mistake, step. or you would let something happen, and then it would just sort of cascade into a multitude of mistakes, and then it would put, or even not, maybe not even mistakes, but like it would take your mindset, your mental health, and it would it would derail and go that's to another place. It would make me kind of fall in and out of love with
3: body. <clears because throat> why I never really had that true off season because I've always kind of been in this like. I love it. And then I hate it. And then I love it. And then I hate it. And it's like, now looking back, I'm like, I need to find that like love for it all the time and realizing that it's always going to be ebbs and flows to bodybuilding itself. That's what bodybuilding is. It's the name of the game. So it's like, you have to find your love in it. Even when you have the low points, and even when you're at the highest high points, so that's that's the biggest takeaway I think. I've be yeah, it's
2: kind of like Chris Bumstead's speech. I don't know if you heard it, but the dude tore his lat like what ten weeks out. Like who can <laughs> do that and still win the Olympia? But he tears his lat. He has this conversation with his family, and he he still loves what he's doing amidst amidst like potentially ruining ruining the prep and ruining his career. And he bounces back and, you know, four to five weeks into the, into the prep, he's training his back again and he wins, he wins his, you know, his next Olympia. So like John touching on what Ryan said, like, is there anything on your side on in the earlier days or even now, like what, what you're finding yourself struggle with and what, or what you see other competitors struggle with on a consistent basis?
1: Yeah. So uh, just a comment, really quick, on what Ryan and and, and you said there as well. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of great coaches. One of them being Matt Jansen, and something that he always said to me, um, and you guys have probably heard as well, and, and I repeat it now a lot and post on my stories and everything is is ride the midline, okay? As you mentioned, um, and, and I think this applies a lot more to bot- to things than just bodybuilding. Um, but as you mentioned, um, Ryan, you know, there's ebbs and flows and that comes with not just bodybuilding, it comes with everything, right? Like you're going to have weeks and we all work for ourselves and, and Ryan works in sales and, and we kind of work in sales ourselves, right? Like you're going to have weeks where you get 10 inquiries and then you're going to get weeks where it's like, it's been three weeks and no one signed up. What am I doing, right?
2: Yeah. And, yeah, and just sure.
1: not letting that affect everything else that you're doing. And True. that's, um, huge, but in terms of the biggest mistakes that I've made, oh man, there's quite a few, so I'm going to try and limit it down here. Um, the, the first, I mean, one say is, as
2: many as you want, cause I'm probably going to pop in when I hear one that I like.
1: Yeah. The, the biggest, and, and one that I can really respect with Ryan's answer there is, um, you know, I would be what you would call a coach hopper hundred percent. Um, you yeah, know, I saw I have, that. Yeah. I had one coach for three years. I thought he was the best coach in the world. Um, quickly to find out that probably one of the worst coaches in the world. Uh, I don't even think he coaches anymore. But he was the one who gave me my initial start. So I'm always forever grateful. And I learned a lot from him. Um, from there, I went to Justin Horrell. Justin gave me uh, one of my best placings ever on a national stage at at the first attempt, missed my pro card by one spot at North Americans. We continued on, um, did 10 weeks later, did Universe, this is during COVID year, and I got fourth, missing my pro card by two spots. My biggest thing, and this is what I can tell everyone, and I think even Dave Desmosquita, which I had the opportunity to talk to the other day, made a post about this, which is if you ever want to ruin your prep, Maybe it was Dom Cardone. Uh, If you ever want to ruin your prep or you want to ruin, and this applies to Laura as well. If you ever want to ruin what you are currently focused on with your current coach, listen to the opinion of others.
0: 100%
1: listen to the opinion of others. So Laura could have someone on the best protocol or what we have done and looked at the GI map. This is what we need to do. And then you go and you share it with your buddy who works with this person. And they're like, no, nope, my coach, they, I had this and they said that we need to put this in and this is going to help clear it up. Um, or, or you, and I've been in prep and my biggest problem is podcasts. So I probably should not be on here, but I listen to podcasts with other coaches from Milos to AJ Sims to Matt Jansen. And then the wheel starts spinning when we're not quite there in the head at about eight weeks out. And I've been the idiot who has signed up with coaches in prep with another coach for that individual to take over as soon as that prep is over. And You've um, done
2: that. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I, I will openly say like, you know, if Justin does listen to this, I've had the opportunity to talk to him When my wife and I both left Justin, I know it hurt him quite a bit because Justin is a good coach. He is a good person and he invests a lot into his people. And, and and I was going to say that about Ryan, you know, when, when you make that decision of like, you kind of see like, man, we didn't really get the placing I wanted this year. And, um, I see, you know, so-and-so this coach is doing this and they're all, they're just happen to have that year, right. Where it's like that year, all their clients are winning.
2: Maybe yeah, need, sometimes that happens.
1: Maybe I need to go to that individual. It's a lot harder to do that when you have that relationship with your coach. That's it's like, that's my family right there. He's asked me about how he, he helped me through me and my wife always get almost getting a divorce or he was there yeah. at my wedding or he was there when I was going through the depression and all those things. And so that's um, part of it there. That's, that's definitely a big one. I've um, made some mistakes there. It's given me, a lot of opportunities that I'm very grateful for. I've worked with Matt Jansen. I uh, started with AJ Sims, um, spoke with Justin Harris. I've uh, spoken with Milos. I've, I've I've spoken with quite a few and worked with quite a few big names. Obviously, I went pro under Ariel. It's never a backlash in any of the coaches that I worked with prior. Unfortunately, what happens is I hear how that coach operates And I want to learn from that individual. And most of these coaches, as we all know, which Matt Jansen is the only top tier coach um, right now. um, I I do do a mentorship under Cameron Cheek as well, who's, I would say you could probably throw him into that upper echelon of someone who's really kind of coming to the forefront.
2: He's getting there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um, I
2: think once you get to a certain level, it's not that, I don't want to diminish anybody. It's not that anybody is better. It's that they get more access to to more genetically gifted yep. clients. Then that gets you more access to Instagram and following. And there's a buzz around you because, you know, I I remember three years ago, Cameron Cheek was nobody. And in fact, I took a couple of his clients from him. And then all of a sudden he hit kind of a sweet spot and he put some people on stage and won some pro cards and then went from there to putting somebody on the pro stage and won a couple pro, you know, I think it was, what was it? JT or yeah. So like he ended up winning two pro shows. And as soon as that happened, it was like, okay, now let's jump on the, the Cameron Cheek train. So what I'll say is because I want to give Ryan a little credit here for his loyalty. I, and I appreciate it more than he'll ever know. Um, I wouldn't be the coach I am without him and and everybody else that does work with me. But and my retention rate for for my competitors is about a three year um, tenure right now, which is pretty good and considering that like I don't have very many people leaving me. Um, I think I'm doing it right, but I'm also not famous. I'm also not. I don't have the following that you have. You know, I'm I'm kind of. I'm kind of old school blended with, with functional health. And then I'm also like, I'm, I'm, I'm old. I'm 41 years old and social media ain't my thing. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of, I'm I'm kind of doing (laughs) my thing a little bit. Right. So like, I'm, I'm making things happen slowly, but surely. And, you know, ideally my goal would be to be in that conversation of those upper, upper echelon coaches. And I have to have talent like Ryan, to get there. I have to have talent like Paul in to get there. And I think I have the ability to do it, but it's just a slow churn. So you said you made some mistakes and like with Justin in particular, you, you might've hurt his feelings. So what we have to do as coaches though, is we have to take a personal decision that a client makes and not make it personal because ultimately this that's, is business that's,
1: that's what it comes down the, to.
2: yeah the, this is business you have to yes. remember
1: that and i'm sure we've all had those clients where you're like dude i gave up time with my family with my my kids with with whoever right like it was you know saturday night with my wife and i was messaging you so we could game plan your next show
2: yeah and that and that's a little bit of the cult like that's the client coach culture whether it's functional or whether it's um bodybuilders are not like these people are going to make decisions that are best for them and, and even though
0: it's best for them right yeah 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 never, so that's, the time so that's what i was going to
2: say right it's it's they're sitting there making the conversation with they might be having it with their spouse it's like okay how do you feel about john honey and he's like i think john's fine and then she's like well, John hasn't turned me pro and we've been working together for three years. Well, that's a really dumb statement, right? Because there's no self introspection there. She's not turning inward and saying, okay, am I genetically gifted enough? Is this the right, the length of time? Because I look at bodybuilding and I think if you do it for long enough, then you can turn pro. Anybody can you do it for long enough and you're consistent for long enough you can turn pro they're handing out pro cards all day long it can happen so just
3: what's funny is I was actually just talking to that with uh, Elias I think McCall I was messaging him the other day and uh we were talking about how many pro cards they give out and it's like it I think it's it's funny how much it's almost diluted a little bit because everyone has this false sense of like thinking that they deserve to go pro now because of the fact that there's so many pro cards given out to people get this like ego in themselves where it's like, everyone else is going pro. Like how, how, why am I not pro? You know what I mean? So I think, yeah. And I
2: guess my question too, is like, even with you, with both of you, both of you have pro cards, what's it done for you?
1: Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll answer that. <laughs> <You're
2: okay. laughs>
0: uh,
1: I will tell you what the answer. I know what you're looking to hear is I did not instantly get social media famous. I did not instantly get a sponsorship contract with any big name, um, you know, supplement companies. Um, Really all that happened was my views on my stories went from about 600 to 2000 the next day when everyone was tagging me. Um, The only thing that I will say did is I look at the IFBB pro in your bio being the dumb college degree you don't need. So you apply for a job and Laura goes to apply for biochem. She's got a marketing degree and they're like, okay, we'll check that box. You got your bachelor's, that four year degree has nothing to do with it, but that is a requirement for this job. Um,
2: It does make you more marketable. I will say that you're more marketable. You're, you're, You're automatically viewed from people outside of the industry wanting to get into the industry or in a different place than you're at. You're immediately respected more because you're an IPV pro. And I'm, I don't have that, you know, um, I don't have that accolade. Uh, who knows? Old man might try to try to get it, but uh, we'll There's see. Faster. There's always bastards. You know, well, that, that's say, what it would be.
0: You say old man one more be. time. I swear
2: to God. Well, we well we're talking to some young bucks in the bodybuilding in the bodybuilding world. 41's old. I'm not Dexter Jackson, so <laughs> <clears throat> I'll say this:
1: I turned thirty this year, so that's why I said if 41's old, man. I'm in trouble because it's going to come. You're a not
2: weird. not with your genetics. Both of you got Asian genetics. This is the way that works. I mean, yeah, but drugs it's like forever don't young.
0: Drugs don't <laughs> genetics, so.
2: <laughs> we'll but what I'll gun. say <laughs> <laughs> but what I'll say is is uh I think when it comes to all of the, the conversation in and around IPB pros, you know, I remember the day when my one of my best friends, Patrick, turned pro, it was in the early two thousands. I mean, he had to get an overall to get a pro card. And there were hundreds of people there and it was a big deal. And it was a much bigger deal than it is today. Not that it's not a big deal, because it is. But um, you know, you're not getting sponsorships and things of that nature. But I, it does help your coaching business. I mean, I can see Ryan's coaching business starting to flourish because he's gained that status. Um, but let's just not make it. I don't think it. I don't think of it as a destination. It, it's kind of like a certification. Like beginning i can like, i can i can go get a certification all i want but it's not a destination like once i get nasm certified then i'm i'm legitimate guess who's got no certifications Ooh. guess who's a really good coach <laughs> and so so like for me i you know just because you've got doctor beside your name doesn't make you legitimate for me and i i wish that there was a little bit of like checking because here's the other thing about IFBB Pro. how many dumb boxes of rocks who were the most genetically gifted humans that could eat a pizza before a show and do some pushups and still win? How many are there? There's a handful of them. And if you listen to what they got to say, you know, the, the kid who's got zero genetics ain't going to get there. So it's, it's an interesting thing. And I think that's a mistake. I think that's what I want to hit on is when you're a young competitor, when you're early on, you're looking at these IFP pros and you have these rose colored glasses. Like, well, if I just get there, if I just do what Ryan Ferreira does, if I just do what John Ballard does, then I'm going to get there. And that's not true. There's a different journey for every single person there's a different coach for every single person you know even from a coach hopping standpoint i agree coach hopping probably needs to slow down but i also put the onus on the coaches how many bad coaches do you know i know a lot i'd say in the industry if i had to put a percentage on it it's an 80 20 rule 80
1: honestly probably probably even more i, I would be completely, you know, completely straightforward you know it's, it's 90, oh,
2: 90 people, 10 so, not not, so 90 90 are bad and 10 percent of us are good and so that means if if we really want to be the change and that's that's why i started coaching i want to be the change that i want to see in the industry because i've been in i've been in this space for over 10 years now and i've had access to watching clients follow terrible drug protocols or terrible uh, advice, kind of like you, you know, with your wife where you're like, we shouldn't be doing this. This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. I've been that friend in someone else's life going, wow, like one. 101, what, what are we doing here? This is crazy. So that's really what started me I, and and that I'm competitive but that's what really drove me towards wanting to be the change that I want to see so then I worked with John Meadows and one of the things John said was don't ever not take a chance on somebody don't ever not take a chance always take that chance on somebody but if they don't appreciate you turn around walk away and always be you hold the standard yeah. be the coach that you and I are be like me and so when i look at you and ryan that's what i see you guys doing you're holding a standard you have an education you are looking to get better and you reach out for help if you don't know and you already know a ton so i would just you know if i was thinking if i was just thinking about like a common mistake is you have competitors blindly go to an IFBB pro because they're an IFBB pro. <laughs> like, I'm going to tell you this. Derek Lunsford would never coach me because I don't think he knows anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, Andrew Jacked would never coach me, ever. I don't trust that he's going to guide me. So those are, the, those are the types of things I think about.
3: One thing that is actually kind of funny. So Anthony, the other coach that uh, is on the team, he said something that when he was looking for his new coach, um, he, she is working with John now, but like when he was looking for a new, co- new coach, he was like, I want to work with somebody that's going to like teach me something to get, get me better as a coach myself or teach me something mm-hmm. I didn't know previously. You know what I mean, I think a lot of people just go and look at a physique and they're like, okay, like, I want to look like this guy. Like maybe I'll work with him. You know what I mean? And that like when you're, if you're just looking at a physique, like do you know that they know exactly how they achieve that physique? You know what I mean? Are they did they know every bit of steps leading up to attaining that physique that they have? Or are they a super genetically gifted guy and they just followed a good plan? You know what I mean? So when you look at it from that perspective, like you're going to pick somebody just based on how they look and not what they can teach you. So I think it's like that's the main thing when you're looking for a coach, especially look for somebody that's going to actually teach you something and help you learn to be better yourself. You know, even if you don't want to be a coach, it doesn't matter if you want to be a coach or not, but they're going to teach you something to take away for the future. That's going to make you a better human. You know what I mean? Or you know what I mean? A better now, competitor. I don't know
2: if you feel this way, John, and I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, Ryan, but I'm just thinking real quick. Like if I have a client and it's a little bit different for competitors because, you know, you want to retain a, a competitor client for as long as possible, because that's what's going to create success over the long haul is that consistency and that symbiotic relationship sort of like, um, you know, uh, the name slipping my mind, Neil and um, the Welsh Dragon, whatever. Yeah, Flex. I- that what were they together for like? some crazy number of years, 22 years or something. So I look at that and that's a really awesome thing. But in the same breath, I also want my client to learn enough that if they wanted to leave and, you know, take what they've learned and this really kind of applies more to the functional side, I don't want them in my life forever. I want them to be in and out. Eventually, I want them to take what they've learned and keep going. Now, with you guys, like, just say I had the opportunity to coach you and Ryan at the same time. I better be smart. I better be the smartest guy in the room because you are going to chase me down, and I don't want to get chased down. So I am going to learn faster than you can learn, and so and that's what my goal is with my competitors is like I I am always going to be a couple steps ahead of you, even if you are a coach, even if you are trying to learn. I'm going to be ahead of you because I still want you to learn from me because I need to be the authority in your life. Is that that kind of your same philosophy?
0: I have a question, guys, real quick, Um, because I know how I feel on the functional health side of things. But when you're working with your competitors, something that Kenneth just brought up and I'm like, hey, this is a great question. Do you find that your competitors, that competitors that you're working with do better if they choose to learn more from you than just do what you say or does that not have any bearing on how well they do
1: i think so the way i do this and when i break down a, a loom or a check-in very much like if i were to tell you hey <clears throat> laura let's go for a drive and i said and you're like okay where are we gonna go and i just said no just just go ahead and start driving <laughs> mm-hmm you understood where we're going and why we're going there. You're going to execute a lot better. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I put it. So within my sheets and everything, and again, the sheets that Ryan operates off of, I want the individual to always know what phase we're in, what I'm expecting out of that and what kind of like, even if weekly quarterly, Um, And monthly goals are, I guess that was backwards, weekly, monthly, quarterly, Uh, but um, understanding because I believe if you understand what we're looking to achieve in that period, you're going to execute that much better, execute that much better because, um, right, like if we were to start a functional case, and I'm going to use that as an example just because of uh, where where the the room is here, Um, and you started with someone and you're like, hey, I have no idea, and I'm sure you've probably had to say that before, how long this is going to take to fix. Or if you said, hey, this is going to take probably about 12 to maybe 24 weeks. That individual can see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? It would be like Ryan starting prep and going, hey, you're just going to start dieting. Some point next year, you're going to compete. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I want you to go kill yourself on a Stairmaster every morning. We're going to do an hour of cardio, and I'm going to carb cycle you till you feel like death. Yeah. And eventually I'll say, Hey, you're ready.
0: Right.
1: So that so I, I kind of hope that answers the question there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you yeah. know, I, see that I, think. I think people come, come at, and I work with people who follow, you know, bodybuilding now, and they, they talk about these things and we have these conversations because some of these functional clients or gen pop people, lifestyle clients that I work with, um, they think it's just about the execution of it. Just, do what they just do, what you say, right? Like, that's just what they do. And they, and it's like, but you know, this conversation that we're having right now is it's not as much do what I say, it's we have to learn from each other along the way because I'm learning what works for you and I'm listening to you and we're building this relationship. And like you too, Ryan and Kenneth, what you were talking about before is like when something's going on at home, we're going to push, we're going to pull, we're going to do these things because I know you, I'm understanding how this affects you, but you also have to. Have that space where you're like, I understand how, like you were saying earlier, I understand how my glucose in the morning is affected because I'm stressed out. So I need to find ways to. So it's really that symbiotic relationship, whether you're a professional bodybuilder or want to be one, or whether you just want to be a professional in your life as a human being. So
1: I'm going to give you an example of this. Who is the hardest client to work with, provided they're following, as you mentioned, the protocol? The one that you cannot get any biofeedback from
0: Bingo.
1: hey how are we doing good how's things at home good how are you feeling i'm good how's your digestion it's good which meal sits what like what meal digests better they're all the same hey like and, and those those are the first time competitors right we're going through peak week and they have no idea how things should kind of run and uh the individual i'm with here i had the opportunity to, to put her on stage the first time and you ask him like, okay, so, Hey, I, I want your let your stomach to feel good. When we go on stage, um, what meal sat the best with you? Yeah. They're all pretty much the same. And I'm like, okay, well, which one did you notice your stomach felt tight and empty on? Uh, I, I don't know. And you're sitting there just like, okay, how do I give you information without like swaying your mind? Right. Cause ignorance can be bliss. Right. If you're telling that individual you 20 weeks out, Hey. We're dieting, you're gonna be in a deficit, you're gonna start getting weaker. Then that's the individual is gonna to come to you the next check and be like, dude, I dropped two pounds this week, my bench went down, I feel weak, I'm depleted, and you're like, I'm dying. I'm
0: dying. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> I can't sleep at night because I'm starving and you're like, dude, you still got like thirty pounds to lose. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how I look at that.
2: Yeah. So can I say yeah.
0: real quick?
3: I I have one guy that's on the other side of that coin where he tries to ask me, like, he gives me way too much information almost. And that's why it's like, you have to find that like perfect middle ground almost. And like, nothing's perfect, obviously with any client, but find that middle ground that works the best for you because this dude's texting me anytime he goes on vacation and he's like, Oh, I'm going to work out early this day instead. So like, which meal should I do first? I'm like, I mean, if you were to guess, like, what did you think, which meal do you think you'd probably do first? You know what I mean? Like, yeah sometimes sometimes you almost have to like instead of taking that coach and be like all right he's the only source of information and like i have to literally do exactly as he says only thing he like you got to have some type of like common sense on your own as well where you can sit there and be like okay well i'm doing things a little different today Um, my schedule changed a little bit like i gotta maybe switch this meal and put my pre-workout meal first that in the day instead of my normal meal one it's like yeah
2: i would say what like what john's saying in one breath he's saying like okay, I need self-awareness here to get yeah. some information because yeah. the fact that you don't know what meal digests better is kind of ridiculous. You're, right. you're just not, you're so disconnected from your body that it's, that's unbelievable. Like, yeah. wow, like, are you a bodybuilder? Can you feel a muscle when you train? Um, so like, that's that's where my frustration level goes there. So I can, you know, you and I might be in that same boat. And then Ryan, what you're saying is, this dude like all he wants is validation that he's doing the right thing from you all day long and so what you have to do is say okay are you following the plan if you can check the box and you're following the plan you're not letting me down everything's great however and this is what i've had to tell people too because you know, biofeedback is like it's a delicate balance, right? I don't yeah. know about you, John, but like for me, I'm emotionally invested in my competitors because I am competitive, yeah. and I am so competitive that I want to win at all costs, no matter what. I get emotional. Ryan picks on me all the time. I cry at a drop of a hat, dude, because I'm that I'm that fucking balled in. Let's go, right? So
3: right. I do
2: when it's that right there and i'm already emotionally like in it and then i've got a dissertation paper about every detail of what's happening in their life and it's emotionally draining me as i read it through the page through the page i almost do, i don't finish the email it's like and we're done we're gonna have a phone call because that is way too much for me to process let's hit the meet Let's hit the high points. Let's hit the important stuff. Let's keep going. And so that's another great point. It's like don't be the client that doesn't provide any feedback and you're completely not self-aware. Don't be the client that is an oversharer. I mean, share what's valid and what's, what's important. And also don't blindly follow. Like if you have a question, ask the question, but also like trust yourself a little bit too.
0: Yeah.
3: That's what I think is the main thing. That's like, (laughs) trust yourself enough to know that you're still following the plan. You know what I mean? Maybe you did just eat the way your normal plan was. You're still following the plan at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like you're still getting the same amount of calories in. you know what I mean? Is it going to affect your workout negatively? Probably not. You know what I mean? It's, it's really going to be a a pretty like a wash almost at the end of the day with, with with how you're going to feel in terms of your workout, just because maybe you're training a little bit earlier, but At the same thing, it's just trust yourself. I think more than anything, regardless.
2: Yeah. So we've been at this for a little while, guys, and I don't want—I don't know that I want to keep you for too much longer. I know you got work to do, John, and but I want to. What I do want to do is create sort of like an open forum for you too, because I mean, you know, I know we've talked about coaches being family. Ryan is family, yeah. Um, And so as soon as he he joined your team. And he's working with you like i reached out to you and i'm like hey dog you got anything you need let's fucking go so um i think it would be nice to be able to invite you guys back on from time to time kind of touch base see what's going on in your business see what's going on with maybe some specific competitors that you're excited about and maybe some different things that are changing along the way um but i'm i really appreciate the the time and uh the insight it's fun to sit and talk about bodybuilding. We don't always get to do it on the podcast because we're a functional health, uh, you know, focused too, but, um, it's fun to get some bro chat going on. So I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah.
1: And I, I, I can talk about the functional health stuff too. Like I, uh, like, man, it's a rabbit hole.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. said Kenneth, next time, Kenneth, it's just me talking to them and you can,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, seriously though guys
0: before you go we need to let everybody know where they can find you in particular your team your name your group uh, instagram wherever you are let us know so tell me let everybody know right now how can they find you
1: Uh, go ahead ryan
3: so at Fio physique on instagram um, and then the the coaching team is at jb coaching concepts he can go a little bit more in depth on that uh, but that's going to be the main two places you're going to see
1: both of us for sure. <clears throat> yeah, my IG is um, Classic.FoodieIFBBPro. Probably need to change that at one point when I was a little men's physique guy.
2: Uh, I used to be a foodie. Now I'm... Classic physique. No, what was it? Physique foodie. It was, was physique, physique food. foodie. Yeah. What yeah. I'll never forget it. I remember the first time I ever saw it, I was like, what is going on here? What is going on with this guy?
3: I I thought immediately, I was like, this guy's literally me. (laughs)
1: Yeah. used to be a foodie. Now my wife's at my wife. Don't repeat that. I said wives to her. Um, uh, She asked me where I want to go for dinner. And I'm just like, I just don't, I want to fast for like 24 hours. That'd be (laughs) so, so sick of food. Um, Just just want a buffin, right? (laughs) I I don't want any food at all. Uh, I will. Like just a 24-hour fast. Just give me a break from force feeding. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. As he mentioned, the team page is uh JB Coaching Concepts. You could also look us up um, on our website there. It's pretty easy to find us. Those are the easiest way. um Sponsors are Revive and Raw. I got those uh, luckily because of when I worked with Matt Jansen before they blew up. We're also obviously partnered with hummus um, fit for meal prep they do everything from your your muffins your protein muffins um, a la carte meal preps and even pre prep meals so you guys want to use that I feel like I'm forgetting someone
3: the chicken's been a lifesaver that's for sure
1: yeah I can't
2: (laughs) I got one last question for you yeah when's your pro debut
1: Oh, man. So I'm in the midst of a push right now, Uh week six out of 20. So that gives you an idea how that's going. Um mm-hmm. And I have an eight-week health phase and then a 20-week prep. So if everything aligns perfectly, the schedule should come out soon. That would actually put me doing Hurricane Pro next year. Okay. Um Now, a lot of that depends on Olympia because Olympia is being pushed back up, which actually – was about the same weekend that hurricane was this year because it was like
2: 15. september time frame yeah so yeah
1: we'll see the good thing about florida is there's a million shows down here um yeah so that's ultimately the goal i told cal regardless i got a diet and prep next year because i need to catch the rebound i i don't know how much longer i can sit and force feed um and now coincidentally as i say that you before i let everyone go you did ask me i'll leave it you with this one thing that i wish i would have done taking time away from the stage not being i i'm so I need to get to a national stage because Ryan turned pro last year and I'm getting a year older. And if I don't do it this year, then it's never going to happen. And by the time I turn pro, I'm going to be 45 and the world's over. Um, so that,
2: that's Thank how you. my, my Thank head you. works.
1: And unfortunately, it's been a very, very hard, uncomfortable conversation with a lot of people to say, listen, you told me this was your goal. You're not going to get that goal if we prep and diet right now. And that is, uh, it's, it's the ugly truth is always um, not the most pleasant thing to hear, I guess, but um, if you will think yourself, your coach, everyone, if you can just kind of put your head down and understand this is body building, not body built. Okay. So the day that you are happy with the way you look, you will never get better because body dysmorphia is real.
2: (laughs) You're exactly right.
0: Very nice. Thanks guys for coming. We so appreciate it and look forward to having you back. Have a great night.